This podcast is brought to you by Ideate and Execute. Do you want to drive innovation in your organization, futurize your enterprise, ideate massively valuable new products, or execute them to market? Then contact us today at ideateandexecute.com and get started. Why listen to the past when you can listen to the future? Welcome to the Think Future Podcast, broadcasting from deep in the heart of Silicon Valley, California. We focus on innovation, startups and the future, not necessarily those and not necessarily in that order. Here's your host. Okay, well thank you so much for coming on the show. It's great great seeing you, great meeting you again. Uh, Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you're passionate about? Thank you. Thanks very much for having me. Um, you're generous to take the time. Um, so I'm um, I'm a former uh, software entrepreneur. I kind of largely retired a few years ago. Um, had a bunch of different companies, but I spent 20 years probably I think in ad tech, and I had several companies that were in that space, mainly in the anal- in the world of analytics and so on. Um, and I. Um, I look back on that and ad tech has been responsible for some things that I think now we're fairly critical of. It didn't start out that way, but it ended up there. So um, I decided to look back on some of that and uh, dredge up the reasons why, you know, why did we end up in the situation that we're in? Um, and I did write a book. I gotta mention the existence of my book, otherwise, mm-hmm. You know, my uh, my publisher will be unhappy with me. So the book is called, <laughs> <laughs> book is called Free is Bad. Um, and that's the essence of the, you know, what, what I have to say. I think that the existence of free stuff has been um, not entirely good for people. So there's Free is Bad, the original edition. I wrote a TLDR edition. Oh, nice. I, nice. Uh, 90, is 90 that the one you're giving away for free? No. <laughs> I do have something. That would be ironic if you were giving away a a book called Free is Bad for Free. Wouldn't that be ironic? Well, I um I can't I can't give away a free book, but I do have free stickers. And (laughs) if anybody wants to send me a tweet, you can reach me on Twitter at Free is Bad. I think that's my Facebook handle as well. I'll send you some stickers and I'd love to. They're great. I love it. I love it. Well, I was listening to your book. And it felt like I felt like I was living the same life as you because I I got to Silicon Valley around 97, right after, you know, all of the craziness in 95. And it was all about the ad model, right? It was all about uh, Yahoo and Overture and Google. And I mean, I'm listening to this stuff and I'm going, wow, this is the same history because I I was actually at Yahoo from 2004 to 2009. So I, I lived through a little bit of that history that you were talking about where they paid that like Google st- basically stole the, the concept of pay- paperclip ads from Overture. And then they swung this deal and it's like, oh my God, what a terrible deal that they swung. It was just, <laughs> they just thought, you know, this has made the, you know, Google, the biggest company, the practically the biggest company in the world. And Yahoo lost that deal for, for peanuts. Yeah. I just thought it was amazing how that happened. It was terrible deal makers at the time, but anyway, go, go on. <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's, um, there's, there's so many little twists and turns in the whole story. Um, one of the, 
one of the discoveries that I made, and, and remember that, that you know, I, I started in my research for the book, I started by looking, looking back because I, I wanted mm -hmm. to understand how did we get here? So we live in this world in which all of this stuff is free. And I'm sure um, your listeners will know, you know if, if you get the service for free, you're the product, not the customer, right? It's very, oh, yeah, yeah. Very, yeah, everybody knows it. Um, mm -hmm. But there was this, um, there was this, there's this other seminal thought, I think, in, in, um, in internet startups that information wants to be free. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure everybody's heard that. But That's there's, only this ever other half, <laughs> there's this other half of that phrase. And I didn't realize this until I did the research. Um, the other half of the phrase, you can, you can look this up, right? This is, mm -hmm. you know, it's out there. The other half of the phrase is information also wants to be expensive because it's yep. just so valuable. And that really struck me. That really struck me. And I, I wondered what, what would things be like if we hadn't had the urge to make everything free? I think you know, the, the, the Google scenario, Yahoo also actually would have been you know, a very different company, but there's a, there's a whole set of things that would have been different. Um, and uh, I, I just wanted to, I wanted to explore some of the history of that, but I also wanted to figure out, well, what could, could we use that? Could we use that knowledge to improve our own lives? Um, mm -hmm. You know, so actually, I um, I made this I made the change, and in fact, as of now, um, I don't use any free services for anything, with mm -hmm. the exception of search. Now, search. Mm -hmm. In fact, there's a couple of places you can get search where you don't pay for. But actually, I, I pay for I pay for my email. I, I pay for um, indirectly. I pay for Maps because it you know it's, it's bundled with the phone. I don't use Google. Mm -hmm. I've got a legacy account that I need to use for complicated mm -hmm. reasons, but I don't use Google at all. Mm -hmm. um, Smart. So, yeah, and it's kind of liberating, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I feel good. <laughs> but the problem is you're being paid, you're, you're paying and you're being tracked, right? No, no. that's right. <laughs> Depends. Yeah. yeah, 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 that's right. And, I, and I, I, I have a lot of knowledge of how tracking works because of the history I had with doing, actually doing analytics of that tracking. So I really, really understand that stuff. And I got, I got really uneasy with that. I go, well, wait a minute, I'm, I'm paying you guys and, and, and you're following me, following me around the web. And this, yep. just, this just doesn't seem right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I got a question for you. So since you were looking at the history of it, like where do we get, where did we get this? I mean, I don't think it's just that statement information wants to be free. I think a lot of factors sort of came in together and said, you know what? We need to give this stuff away. Like where do we where did we come up with the let's give it all away business model? It's so complicated. We got we it, it sort of happened by stealth. I mean, um, before Yahoo really was you really dominated, which I mean, believe it or not, of course they did dominate for a while there. Oh yeah, no, um, I remember that. <laughs> all right, um, I, you you didn't used to get free email. I mean, that's, that's kind of, email is sort of the canonical example because email is this really personal thing. Um, you'd expect it to be 
private and confidential because you you kind of think it works like the usps you know yeah um imagine imagine the postal worker worker you know comes up to your house and says here's all of your mail i i opened it but don't worry i didn't read any of it (laughs) (laughs) that's effectively what happens with this with free email right Mm -hmm. um but they didn't used to be free. It used to be bundled with your ISP account. And you remember those days yeah, when you first got an ISP, right? You, you get an email account with it. Um, yeah. And I, I think I think really the, the problem is um, you can't charge a very small amount for something. It's not viable for a business to say, we're going to give you email for a private confidential email for five cents a month, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it just doesn't work. You, you have to make it either you know, significantly expensive, meaningfully expensive, or you have to make it free. There's this dead zone in between where businesses just can't survive. And, you know, and, and Yahoo realized that making it free um, and then you know, monetizing other stuff was the way to go. And of course, as you said, Google, they just, just did it, but you know, 100 times more efficiently. Um, so I, I, I think we got lulled into the idea that it's all good when stuff is free. I, I mean, I, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you an analogy. I'll give you, right, just to sort of trip everybody up and really think about this. Mm-hmm. Let's imagine a world where you can get um, hamburgers um, completely for free, okay? And on top of that, there is no FDA mm-hmm. <laughs> saying it might happen. It might come to pass. <laughs> it might come to it. Yeah, yeah. There's no FDA regulating what you can put into those hamburgers, right? Mm. You want to put sawdust in them? Like, go right ahead. Yeah. <laughs> now, I would. I just wouldn't eat one of those things. I just, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. matter that they're free. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> But we're there. We're, we're there yeah. with our light stuff. That's the world in which we live, in yeah. my humble opinion. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you should mention that because I think you're you're talking about the realm of micropayments, right? I mean, where although micropayments are usually like even sub a penny, but you're right. There's this there's this weird space in there. And I, I mean, I did work for banks as well, and we did we investigated micropayments, and usually the biggest problem with them was because there was so much overhead to making these transact these small transactions. Uh, but, you know, I'm going to give you an example that sort of belies what you said is what about eBay? I mean, eBay was, was charging 20 cents a listing. I think they even charge like 10, 15 cents a listing now. So they're able to get away with small payments. Why is it that we couldn't do that with email? It's complicated. I mean, it's, it is. It's complicated. eBay, um, eBay exists sort of as a, as a known brand, you, you go there and you, you, you're going to transact with that company. They've got your credit card details. Um, they charge the seller and there's a very, there's a comparatively small number of sellers and a large number of buyers. So, you know, it, it, it's not a completely equivalent um, situation. All right. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it, there's, there's a lot of complexity there. I'm, I'm not even, I'm not even, really also completely whining about the fact that we get this stuff for free, you know, despite my free hamburgers analogy. Yeah. Um, one, one, of the, one of the problems I think is that we simultaneously expect the stuff to be free 
and we get things like privacy. I mean, we're all worked up over privacy with Google and all that sort of stuff. But there's nothing, you don't have to use Google, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you just don't. There's plenty of yep. other stuff. So yep. um, charging people it has its own set of problems. I'm not, I'm not, it's, it's, not a, it's not a panacea. It's really not. Um, but if it's important to us as as individuals, then it's a choice that we should be willing to make. Right, think of it this way. If you're willing to pay for it, for, for whatever the service is, then presumably you're willing to do that because it's sufficiently important to you. Selling on eBay is a great example. It's important yep. to you, it matters. So yep. you're willing to do it. But if it doesn't matter, well then, it's reflected in the price. It doesn't matter that much. So, right, you right. know, what do you, what do you think? It's fine, right? Exactly. Exactly. Well, I mean, the thing is, but the other question is, I mean, you were talking about privacy earlier, is that I remember when there was the original big Facebook blow up when they lost all that private information. And it was a huge thing for a short period of time. And then all of a sudden it blew over and nobody cared anymore. And it's like, at that point I was working with a, with, with the World Economic Forum, we were coming up with some data privacy standardization thing where we would say people would own their own data and it would be located in a certain place and blah, blah, blah. And it, it was like a hot button for like a few months and then it just disappeared. So it's almost like people didn't, didn't care or don't care anymore about, about privacy. It's just too complicated. I mean, you know, for, you so? for, for, for most people, yeah, I think so. It's just too complicated. I mean, I, I, um, I decided to just come right out and say free is bad. I mean, the, mm -hmm. the problem is not policy. It's not this, this privacy stuff. It's way simpler than that. It's just what do you expect for free? Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> What do you expect? <laughs> so, well, it's like, like saying nothing is free, right? I mean, it's like Canadian yeah. healthcare. Everyone goes, it's free, but it's not really free because you pay for it in taxes. So yeah. when you say free is bad, you're not really saying free anyway, because you're paying for it in other types of currency, which is not just monetary. That's right. right? Yeah, that's, that's exactly. So, I mean, somebody somewhere has mm -hmm. to be the customer. There's no way around it. Somebody has yep. to be the customer. So I... I um, you know, for, when I set about changing the way that I live my life online, rather than getting worked up over, you know, this privacy stuff um, or, or trying to change a company's mind or doing any of that, um, I just signed up for a, a paid email service, uh, you know, where, where, where they have no economic incentive to sell access to my data. You know, there's no, there's no economic incentive there. I mean, put it another way, um, economics and the, the economic motivations lie at the heart of most things. So yep. why not just solve the problem with economics rather than policy or whatever else you might cook up, right? Mm -hmm. that was, and, and that works for me. Uh, it doesn't, there's, there's plenty of other people that I know where it doesn't work for them. And I think that's because it's just not that important to them, you know? Yep. It's fine. Yeah. Exactly. And if they can get something, so what is that? Is that like just a human thing where, you know, we'd prefer if we can get something for free, we'd, we'd do it no matter what we'd give up for it. it there, there is a lot of just intractable human behavior going on in this sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, 
we like to eat sausages, but we don't want to see them being made. <laughs> 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 that's true. That's true. Right. So, oh, this burger's delicious, but you know, don't don't show me the the this the cow it came from, right? That's right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's exactly right. So, as as long as the 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 mechanism by which our data is bought and sold in for the in return for these free services as long as that's not visible to us i think we're okay with it um, mm -hmm. i mean we shouldn't be <laughs> we shouldn't be but we shouldn't yeah. be okay with eating hamburgers yeah. either right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so i'm gonna then i'm gonna say to your say the your your presupposition like free is bad what does bad mean to you because it seems like a lot of people don't think free is bad well, like, that's, I mean, that, that, bad I, I, in what in what sense? Like, what's the context of bad in your in your statement? Um, it's it's the opposite of good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's as simple as that. I think I think because we grew up, we actually specifically here, meaning you and I, mm -hmm. we grew up with this um, information wants to be free mentality, um, and there's this sort of unspoken subtitle there that, well, free is good. I mean, free's got to be good. It's right. Free's good. It's always good. Yeah. Ah, I'm not too sure about that. I'm not too sure about that. Right. I think, I think every time you poke around under, underneath the, uh, the covers of the, the, the machinery at the sausage factory, you're, ah, I don't think I like how that really works, you know? So, um, there's, I'll tell you an interesting thing. Here's a little interesting anecdote. Um, the guy who invented hypertext, okay, mm -hmm. now here's a, here's a piece of trivia, right? The guy who invented hypertext, trivia question here, do you, 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 don't, you don't know who that is, I'll bet. Uh, Tim Berners-Lee, right? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not? He, it's not, no. He, he, he copied the idea. He copied the idea. That guy. Now, I had no idea. Yeah. I thought it was. Yeah. I thought it was his invention. No. Now I've been. I've been very careful with my statement. The guy who invented hypertext, not the guy who invented HTML. The guy who invented HTML okay. is Tim Berners-Lee. But the guy mm -hmm. who invented hypertext is this unsung hero, Ted Nelson. His name's Ted Nelson, and uh, you should you should look up you should look up this guy. He's, I will. He, he, yeah, he he passed away about um, ten years ago, and he was just a phenom. I mean, just amazing, amazing intellect. Um, he came up with this idea of hyperlinked together documents. Right, you could traverse from one document to another by clicking on a hyperlink across these documents, um, and it was called Project Xanadu. Mm. Right, you could you could you could look at that. Right, Tim Berners Lee then took the idea of Xanadu and to his credit, did something much simpler and much easier to implement. So the problem with Xanadu was its complexity. But one of the things that Xanadu contained, one of the things was micropayments for mm. every piece of content that you consume. So as you clicked through these documents, you that you would pay to read them. And um, this probably is the reason why, in the end, Xanadu failed. I mean, it just never gained traction because it's just you can just sort of sense it's it's kind of too complicated. I mean, can you imagine that? Like every time you, oh, it's all so heavyweight. But Tim yeah, Berners Lee came up. Yeah, yeah, that's right. 
even just emotional overhead. I mean, you know, just the idea that every time you click on something, you're going to, oh, a little bit like yeah, that, was a, that was the biggest issue with micropayments is that people are like concerned. It's like the more I surf, the more I'm going to spend. And at the end of the month, I'm going to be saddled with this huge bill because I have no idea how much I'm spending. And there, right. at, 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 you remember DigiCash and there was a few of those other vendors that tried to do something like that. And they had a little like a little counter in the top corner of your screen, which would show you show you the micropayments totaling up and it would just freak people out. <laughs> um, was this done via browser plugins? Is this, is this how it Yeah, 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 it was like browser plugins or there was a downloadable like wallet you could have on your desktop. It would be in your taskbar and it would show you, show you. and it, there was just so many people tried out various micropayment things and none of it ever flew. Yeah, yeah, and you, you can see why Tim Berners-Lee all right, his, his intent was, of course, um, you know, as an academic one. I mean, he wanted to make it easy for academics to collaborate. So he takes the hypertext yep. concept, just wraps these very uh, easy to implement concepts around it, HTML and HTTP. You know, I'm, I'm not trivializing the, the, the effort there um, because the key thing was that he made it free. It was just mm -hmm. right. You can get the source code for free. The, 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 the web pages get served up for free. The whole thing's free, right? And of course, that works actually in academia. That works pretty well. Um, but it, it brushed aside. It just absolutely brushed aside the very idea that payment for anything was possible. And mm. it, it's only really recently, I think, that we're starting to see the tide shift. I, I am of the opinion, I personally think we are starting to see that tide um, turn a little bit. And I don't think we're ever going to go back to uh, Ted Nelson and his bonkers Xanadu ideas. Um, but well, you never wasn't... know. With, with, uh, with crypto, with crypto, there might be, there's a possibility, there's a slim chance that with crypto and its ability, because that's the biggest thing. I mean, when I was researching micropayments, it was the overhead. Right. If it wasn't if it wasn't for the overhead, you know, fees you have to pay to every person in the in the payment chain, then you'd be able to have completely zero zero fee transactions. And if you could do some kind of uh, crypto point point to point thing, which which has no overhead, then you're getting closer to micropayments. I mean, it's yeah. not we're not there yet, but it is it is possible. I can I can see it possibly happening if if people ever got over this whole aversion to paying for paying anything for anything i i am 100 in agreement i think if there is a way forward here if there is a way for um for the for the consumer to be the customer instead of a product um, with a few notable exceptions um if there is a way forward with that then i think it's going to be um Micropayments via cryptocurrency, and um, as you as you point out, the cryptocurrency would make the the micropayment aspect um, very straightforward, and the 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 infrastructure for sort of you know, automatically debiting and that sort of thing that that's all um, much more straightforward in a in a cryptocurrency world. I think the other thing that um, cryptocurrency might bring to it is. Um, the idea that you might have a parallel currency for your online life, and mm. so you, so you retain, um, you know, the the the, um, the your dollar payments or your your fiat currency payments for your offline stuff, um, but online, I think we'd be much more comfortable 
paying out cryptocurrency in small amounts there because it, it somehow feels different. I, I, I'm not sure I can really explain why. I'd like, to, I'd like to ask you. If I said to you, it feels different, I'm sure you would agree, but why? Yeah. Why, was it, why would it feel different? Right? Well, because, I, I mean, I've been in financial services, so I know that there's so many middlemen. There's so many layers to, to payments that everybody's got to take a little piece. Right. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to something like crypto, if I pay you, I pay you directly. There is no I mean, it's just a ledger change. Right. It's just a flip on a ledger. It's gone from my account to your account. It's literally like one bit flips from here to there. So there, there's and there's no middleman to to take extra money. So it's almost like the concept of, you know, Ethereum has gas right to, to pay for the network itself. It might be a minuscule amount of gas to pay for the the cost of the transaction. That's why it kind of feels different. But I think for a lot of people, if they're just your regular normal individuals, crypto is just like, it's just fairy dust. It's not real, <laughs> right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I and mean, then of course, perhaps diehard crypto enthusiasts would recoil at that. Well, they, they, they probably would, but I mean, I'm just looking at it from a, I mean, I, I own crypto and I don't know if you own crypto, but I mean, there's, there's, there's value there for sure, but it's, it's almost as bad as a fiat value. We're like, we're, we all agree this stuff has value. So it has value. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm optimistic. I am. I'm optimistic that, that um, we might see a future where um, we can consume stuff online and um, we pay for that consumption via crypto. But this is one of the reasons, by the way, that I'm deeply skeptical about Facebook and mm -hmm. um, their um, efforts in the metaverse. Um, I mean, my, in my experience, businesses really struggle to ever transcend one type of customer to, to having two types of customers. I mean, it, it's exceptionally difficult to scale a business when you are trying to serve fundamentally different sets of customers simultaneously. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, you, I think actually you, you sort of can't name a company really that does that. And Facebook, it, its customers are advertisers. It is it's mm -hmm. just advertisers. I can't imagine that that company can scale up metaverse stuff other than that from fulfilling the needs of advertisers. Exactly. And I just can't well, Maybe that's see where that. it's going. That's I can't exactly see that working. I just can't see that working. <laughs> well, isn't that the same thing that happened with Google? I mean, Android, like Android phones are basically just, you know, another way of serving ads. Right. You know, they, they charge for the phones and they charge for, they charge for the software or maybe they don't. But again, it's just another medium. It's like when I first heard Google getting into the mobile phone game, I thought to myself, why are they doing that? And it's, it's just another way of, pushing ads onto people. Right. It's the same business model. It's just another medium. That's right. I mean, at least Google is a little more straightforward with it, right? I mean, and then they use they use their money to do other things, but it's still their number one earner, right? I mean, if it wasn't for the ad revenue, it wouldn't be there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Google is, Google is described in the press as being a tech company and they're not, they're an advertising no, company. No, absolutely not. <laughs> it's, I mean, you know, their customers are advertising. So Facebook, even actually Google, with, there you go, Google with... Um, with um, you know um, um, augmented reality or virtual reality headsets, I, I just don't see it. I don't see it because I don't see how you can make 
um, advertising work in that medium? You know, do people, when, the, if, when people experience um, VR, do they want um, an NBC experience or do they want a Netflix experience? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I think they want a Netflix experience. I think they don't want, you know, 15 minutes of content followed by five minutes of ads a la yeah. NBC. I, I, I cannot imagine it. Yeah. So how is Google going to make money out of that? How is Facebook going to make money out of that? I, I don't buy it. Uh, there's yeah. other companies. Well, that's, why, I think that's why I think that the, the company to watch is Apple in this space because they're going to be building, you know, actual VR headsets and AR headsets. Whenever they decide to finally get into the game, those are the those are the people you have, you have to watch out for in the metaverse space. Yeah, well, and also their their um, relationship with companies that create content. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. they've got the they've, they've got relationships with the movie studios um, and with game developers, right? They they didn't they didn't stiff all of their game developers um, the way that some companies have done. They sort of nurture. <laughs> Like game developers and and, and they're, they're, you know the, the the people that create movies they've got the you know the movie studios well those people are the, the folks who are going to be creating the good stuff in yeah. the um, AR VR world so you better be forging a good relationship with those people <laughs> you're probably not going to go very far oh yeah exactly you gotta you gotta create the content for it because that's the content is the driver. Yeah. Right. People, it's like I didn't buy a PC because I wanted a PC. I bought a PC because I wanted to do a spreadsheet or I wanted to play a video game or whatever. So it's, it's always the, the thing that you want to do that's driving the, uh, the pickup of the technology. Right. Yeah. 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 The um, I can't I, I, I can't imagine um, content creators on Facebook. Who, who, who basically create little memes, right? I mean, yeah. that, 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 those are the content creators. I can't imagine that that's going to work very well in an AR, VR world. Exactly, uh, exactly. You, you've <laughs> got to have some pretty serious uh, talent and, um, and, and money to, to throw out content creation in an AR, oh, yeah. VR world. It's going to be yeah, super absolutely. expensive. Absolutely. So, so I... You, one of the things you talked about in the book is that we should try and get away from this free model, right? So what, like what, how do we do that? Like if I was a startup founder, if I had a new business idea, I wanted to move forward and I didn't want to go down, is it, is it inevitable that I have to offer something for free or is, is, can we get over that hurdle? I think, um, I think you can over, I think you can get over the hurdle. I think you can, um, you just have to you, you have to be serious about um, things like privacy and um, uh, you know you know um, why it is that a consumer ought to want to pay. I mean, this is the the, the problem here is that you do need to change behavior, and I, I am mm. smart enough, savvy enough to know that been, the behavior is inordinately hard to change. Oh yeah, um, but. The, the world is kind of shifting here. I mean, you know, we've all had this world in which free stuff is good. I don't know. There's a, there's a, there's a groundswell here. I think that's changing. Um, so um, you need, if you are upfront, I think if you're upfront with your customers about why they should want to pay, then uh, I, think you're, I think you're on a good path. I mean, I'm, uh, you, to, I'll use an analogy for you, if you, if you like. Um, I think 
20 years ago, it, it, when you went into the supermarket, buying eggs was a very straightforward proposition. Right? Mm-hmm. It was, there was sort of medium-sized eggs and big eggs, and that's about yeah. it. <laughs> and, and now buying eggs is really complicated. Oh yeah, you know? the cases are huge. There's different colors. Is like there's different variations of it. It's just it's just a huge amount of of uh, choice now. Yeah, yeah. Now when I when I go into the supermarket, I'm notorious for this. When I go into the supermarket, I just simply I buy the most expensive eggs they have. It's as simple <laughs> as that. <laughs> because it's the fastest way for me to make a decision that I want quality. It's just, right, it's the quickest way to get to yeah. what's the best quality. Yeah, but of course you understand that quality and price don't necessarily overlap, but go, go on. They, they do more often than not. That's true. That's I true. mean, they it's, do. I don't think, you, I don't think you, you would make a bad choice by using that, using that uh, criteria. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I, I mean, I'm, I might end up paying more for eggs. And honestly, if it was if it was twenty dollars for half a dozen, um, I'm, you know, I, might, I might draw the line at that. What kind of eggs but, are these? These are golden eggs, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> but you know, within within reason, um, I make my decision very efficiently, um, and and I and it works for me. Now, there's there's plenty of other people and they, and who, who would choose the, just the, who would choose the cheapest eggs. And that's fine, that works for them. But I think with online services, we're headed in that same direction. Right now, we're in the, you can get medium eggs or big eggs and you know, that's it. But I think mm-hmm. we are headed towards a more discerning uh, buying public. And that's possibly not going to be every consumer out there it's probably not even going to be the majority of consumers out there but you can differentiate yourself i think quite effectively by being upfront about privacy and uh, data collection and data retention and all of that and i think if you're going to be honest about that that means you're probably going to struggle to make stuff free Mm. so just tell people and be one of those companies that doesn't make everything free. I, right. I think I think it'll be successful. It's kind of like Proton Mail and Gmail, right? I mean, I can I pay fifty bucks a year for Proton Mail because I want the privacy, I want that, and I'm okay with that. I mean, the, I mean, the only downside of it is it doesn't really integrate that well when you're trying to work with other people. So the network effect thing sort of breaks down a little bit. So I still have a Gmail account which I just use for for other things. But yeah, I think you're right. I think you're seeing. I think we're seeing these services pop up, these paid services that can provide that extra layer of, of privacy or whatever you're looking for. And people are willing, are starting to be more willing to pay for stuff like that. Yeah, ProtonMail is a great example. I mean, you know, really it is. They, 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 um, they are very honest about this stuff and very um, straightforward with the consumer. Um, I think they're a company to watch and uh, they're admirable. Actually, I, I, I use them as well. You know, my, mm-hmm. my, my account is with them. Um, my, my sort of um, junk account into which stuff goes that I don't really care about, you should know, is still at Yahoo. <laughs> I still <laughs> <laughs> And, and it's Good for because, you, man. No, it's, it's total self-interest. It's because I know that that company is too inept to do anything with the data. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I work there. I could tell you that that's true. 
I trust I trust Yahoo to not do anything with the data more than I trust Google not to do anything with the data. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I um I, I worked for um Omid Kurdistani. I worked at Netscape. So so before you were oh, at you Yahoo. I did. No, no, yeah, was, that was like the, it was the only real job I ever had. Yeah, I worked at Netscape for about um, two years, I think. Um, and I worked for... Oh, yeah, I think you mentioned it. It was like 95 through 97 or something like that, right during the in, insanity? Yeah, the insanity yeah, yeah, yeah. Period. It, was, it, was cra- <laughs> it was crazy stuff. And I, I, I worked for Omid Kurdistani, and he went on to build the sales team of Google, right? Mm. So I... Think yes, that company is definitely smart enough to do something with your data <laughs> and sell it. <laughs> I mean, would absolutely is smart enough to do that. <laughs> All right, so so going forward, it's like let's think about let's think about the future. It's like ten years ten years from now. It's the year twenty thirty two. What what where are we going to be? Do you think we're going to see sort of an explosion of proton mail type services and people are going to start? migrating away from the free or do you think we're going to get sucked in by more free or where do you think we're going to be predicting the future i think um cryptocurrency will solve it because of micropayments so i think you are absolutely right to identify that as uh, a sea change Cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. not not because it's crypto and not, not sort of the libertarian, no government type thinking that sometimes goes with cryptocurrency, but because it's emotionally detached from the money that you need to pay for rent and groceries, right. uh, it's somehow different. It's uh, used to it's buried us, as you said, <laughs> um, and and micropayments, I think, will um, will will really drive that. Um, I think also that consumers. A substantial minority of consumers will be much more discerning about stuff being free. Um, I don't think legislation is going to get us to that point between now and then. I mean, legislation, I'm skeptical about legislation. It usually solves the wrong problem. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of complexities with it. Um, So I think um, micropayments and cryptocurrency I think, I'm going to really go out on a limb here and say that I think that I'm, Apple is the company that is going to drive that. Mm. And the reason is they've got this whole privacy shtick um, and they've got a wallet integrated into the phone that people, or into the devices that people are very comfortable with. They, they, they don't serve you know, a huge contingent of advertisers. So they haven't got that, that, uh, those, that divided loyalty. They, they, their loyalty is only to the consumer. They don't really serve anybody else. So I think that if there's anybody that's going to drive that sort of um, integrated micropayment that I think you would need into a device, then that device would be AR, some kind of AR headset. Yeah, I think that's going to be Apple. I, I, even though you could argue that, that you know that Google with the scale and the cloud infrastructure and so on could get there, I just have a hard time seeing that they would because they always need to serve the advertisers. That's who pays the bills. So that's my that that that's my prediction. Apple AR micropayments integrated into the um, the content consumption experience. Yeah, no, I, I can see that happening. That that's that's actually a good thought, but. On the crypto piece, 
it's like, what do we need to do to get people to like understand that crypto is because it seems like we have so much cryptocurrency out there and it's just it's just the Wild West. Do we have to create another crypto cryptocurrency or do we have do we start using Apple Cash? I mean, what needs to happen for it to become mainstream? The problem right now is that you have to buy it. I mean, you know, you have to, you have to, I'm saying buy because you have to go through a transaction in which you give up dollars and you get fairy dust in return. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. (laughs) You can't just, you can't just earn crypto unless you, unless of course you can mine it. But I mean, you're right. We're never in it. We're not in a situation right now where you can just earn it. Right. But I think you will. I think you will be earning crypto. I think in the same, if, if, if the um, wallet is integrated into the device, into, into your, um, your, your pool of devices, you know, that you, you, that you use throughout the course of the day. Um, and those devices, um, if they're properly integrated, I think you could earn crypto and mm. you, you would earn they're tiny, tiny amounts. I mean, to start thinking that you're going to earn ten dollars, you know, per whatever per hour, that that that's ludicrous. It's ludicrous. Yeah. You only need to earn tiny, tiny fractions of crypto, and then when you go and experience, uh, you know, a, 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 an hour-long, you know, Netflix whatever special or you know, you through your VR headset, and that costs you a tiny, tiny fraction. Mm-hmm. Of, a, of, a, of a crypto coin, then that's yeah. fine, right? That would work. So I, I think that, that it's maybe not accurate to say you'll be earning crypto because if, if you earn, then you can spend. Now, both of those words are very heavyweight words, right? Yeah. You, yeah. You, you earn big stuff and you spend big stuff. No, 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 yeah. no, no. Those are fiat currency words. Mm-hmm. What if you gain crypto and you, I don't know, what's the other word? You, what's the loss other? is unfortunately the other word. And that's not yeah, good. You can't, no, you can't say loss. You, you, um, you, you, I don't know what, you, it evaporates. Collect. I don't know. Collect. How about that? You collect crypto. Collect be, yeah, collect would be good. You collect yeah, it yeah, and yeah. you share it. How about yeah, share, share is good. How's that? There you go. There you go. Yeah, that's right. So, so activity online, you collect crypto and you share your crypto. I, That's right. That whole concept of sharing and, and um, um, equanimity, that's, those are really important concepts. And I think the world yep. is moving in that direction. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that. And then you're right about the heaviness. But then if you think about it, the, the transition from the current model, because, you know, we, we pay Netflix, I don't know, 10 bucks a month or whatever. And, you know, they serve however much they serve, but we're way overpaying them. If we were moving to a, a micropayment model, then if we like only if we watch something do we pay them so right. like the profitability model is gonna you know flip <laughs> they're yeah. make any money off of us <laughs> yeah but the the, the, dri- the driver of all of this is going to be young people because because young people um they they understand this equanimity that we need to have this reciprocity that we need to have in the economy and yeah. so a, a, a reciprocal arrangement in crypto Right, where you where you um, you you earn, not earn, what, you collect, share and collect. There you go. Yeah, you collect and you share. That would really resonate with young people. So I'm I'm very optimistic that this will come to pass. Well, I love the sound of that. I mean, I, I think it's going to be my next startup. 
<laughs> it's like if you but we have to create a whole new cryptocurrency for just for that right because we can't use whatever's already out there i don't know, I don't know. bitcoin's you, you, too um, expensive <laughs> that's i mean that's one of the problems of course with crypto is that is that you know there's so many to choose from right i mean that's that is actually an, under, an underlying problem with the whole thing um ethereum ethereum might work with that um I don't know. Somebody's going to solve it. Some, somebody's somebody's going to solve this. I'm not even sure that it's really a money making thing. I mean, it's sort of like. It's, I, I think that's the that's. I think that's. I think that's key because I think what you would take the profit motive out of it, then it becomes much more palatable. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, it would be. It would be sort of like you know, saying, "Well, um, the Federal Reserve must just make tons of money." Right? Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> right? But it's got all this money going through it. They must be rolling in it. <laughs> exactly. Trillions of dollars are going through there. <laughs> oh man. So 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 what do you, so what's your advice then to startup founders out there? Do you think they should they should start by charging charging money or come up with a business model that works that's not free or is there any advice you can give? I think it would be to um, have courage and have confidence that people actually want to pay. They want something in return, but they they want to pay. Um, actually, you know, the, um, Zoom. We're, we're using here this, you know, the, the Zoom um, video calling service. And I I pay for an account on Zoom, right? Really? Yeah, I mean, me too. As soon as Zoom started to become uh, mainstream. I'm like, oh, you know, this is this is just too useful. I've got to have this. I've got to pay for it. I don't want to fiddle around with the free version and all the rest of it. So there's there's more and more people um, that you know that, that uh, adopt that are adopting this mode of thinking. They go into the supermarket and they just buy the most expensive eggs in the in the refrigerator. Right? There's people yeah. like that. I'm not the only yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, but the other thing about Zoom, I thought, which I thought was interesting, is that their price point is very low. I mean, I thought you know, I'm paying what, 20 bucks a month, 15 bucks a month or whatever. It's not that high. I mean, it's, it's, it's practically, it's less than my cable bill, that's for sure, or at least less my internet bill. So for the, for the utility that I'm getting out of it, it's a deal. Yeah. Yeah. And, and compare that, compare that to Skype, right? Now, Zoom has kind of replaced Skype, even though Skype actually has some things that make it in some ways more useful, but it has, you know, the fact is Zoom has kind of replaced Skype. Can you imagine a decade ago, you know, when Skype really took off or maybe more than that, can you imagine um, charging for it? Right? Oh yeah. You know, that, seemed, that seemed bonkers a decade ago. And yet yeah. now here we are, both you and I readily pay for Zoom. No problem. Yeah. Right? So, so we're, we are living examples of, the willingness people have to pay for stuff because we've become savvy to the negative consequences of assuming that everything should be free. That's interesting. It's interesting because you're, you're probably right that there's way more people who are willing to pay for something that are out there that we think because everyone just ha has this immediate thought that, oh, we got to give this thing away for free so we can get traction, so we can get audience, so we can get whatever. But that's not necessarily the case. No, no, that's right. I mean, if I if I have a choice between um, a free service and a paid service, I will go for the paid service. 
Now, I might want a free trial. You're also the guy who buys the $20 eggs. That's that's right. That's right. Give them the the choice. That's right. (laughs) For all I know, for all I know, Trader Joe's is running some sort of experiment in my local branch. (laughs) (laughs) This is ridiculous. We can just keep raising the prices. That guy just keeps coming in and buying the eggs. <laughs> uh, if that's true, then for everybody out there, I apologize. I mean, I'm making your eggs more expensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I think I think we're onto something. I, we have we have got um, conclusive evidence that people are much more willing now to pay for stuff than they were a decade ago. Yeah. So. My advice to to startup founders and business owners is to have the courage to embrace paying for stuff because I, I think you get you also get a better class of customer. I love it. Awesome. This is great. This has been great. Thank you so much. Uh, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way? Uh, anybody who gets in touch with me gets stickers. Free stickers. <laughs> uh, to, uh, my laptop Twitter, is missing I'm, stickers. I don't have any stickers on my laptop today. So. <laughs> well, then it's then it's my job to fix that. But so I'll I'll don't worry, you won't be left out. I'll send you some stickers. Um, awesome. So yeah, uh, Twitter. I'm free is bad at Twitter. That's probably the easiest way. Or um, email uh, John at orthogonalthinking.org. Sorry about the uh, the name there. But <laughs> if you can't spell it, well then <laughs> that's okay. I'll put I'll put all the note. I'll put all the information in the show notes so people can go directly to your to your website and check it out. So that's this has been great. Thanks so much. It's great talking Thank with you. you. Huge fun. Right. Thanks a lot. Talk to you later. <laughs>